Hey, y'all, I'm going to take a second to give a quick shout out to the official mortgage lender of the Hunt Lift Deep podcast. That's Casey Burns of Prime Lending Mortgage. I've known Casey for 10 years and he's the only lender I use. I've used Casey to purchase two houses and the process has been seamless and easy each time. He's the heart of an educator and he truly cares about what's best for his clients. He specializes in VA loans, but can handle FHA, conventional investment loans as well. He's a true expert and specialist in his field and there's no one I recommend more than Casey. You can contact Casey at casey.burns at primelending.com. Reach him by phone at 919-710-1864. You can also check out all his reviews at www.closewithkc.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast brought to you by Hunt, Lift, Eat Official. My name is Carter McKenzie, and I'm here with a special crew and a special guest tonight. Uh, running co-host with me, we got Perry once again. What's going on, Perry? Not much, man. Glad to be here. Excited for tonight's conversation. Yeah, for sure, man. Needed to bring in your uh, your wildlife expertise, you know, with our with our guests that we have going on tonight. And then uh, joining us as well from the great state of New Jersey, we got team member Bobby McCready. What's going on, Bobby? What's going on, boys? Excited to be on this episode at the perfect time to air this episode, too, man. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And uh, last but not least, we got our guest tonight. We, uh, I, I guess, out of the two fellow new jerseyans that we got on tonight gerard you're you're the man the myth the legend we're we're more than thrilled to have you on tonight so gerard uh owner operator of rat getter sense llc how you doing sir i appreciate you guys having me on everything's going good and i hope you guys are all doing well yeah absolutely man i'm i'm glad we got to make this happen um you know we can get into all the nuance behind how you know me and you know bobby and now I know Bobby and it's a, it's kind of a small world in the, in the outdoor hunting community, man. It is. And you know, social media helps bring you a little closer, which has definitely been something good for, you know, our, our industry and, and what we do. Uh, I think it definitely, you know, helps promote us in a better light, even though you do have, you know, your usuals, but the, uh, for the most part, it definitely gets us uh, all together and kind of lumps us into one area. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, everybody pulling in the same direction and high tides raise all ships. You know, that's kind of our philosophy here at Hunt, Lift, Eat too. And I know you're, you're a man of the same kind of ideal. Yes. That's kind of yeah. how your, your company's founded as well. Yeah. And you know, there's a long history behind that, but it definitely, it, it, it's made life interesting for me running this business. It definitely has. And it, and it's been unique and, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm running. I've been retired from the fire department for just about four years in July. And, uh, it's been interesting. It's been a wild ride so far. <laughs> for sure. Um, Gerard, for our listeners who may not be familiar uh, with you or, or your company or your products, why don't you give us a kind of a quick rundown and, and, and tell us about who you are and, and your business? Well, I own a company called Rack Getter Sense, and we make everything under the sun from deer attractants, fish attractants, bear attractants, feed, minerals, salt licks, uh, from trout spinners to, you know, we're going to be doing deer blocks for the first time this year, which is something that we've finally cracked and got into, which is uh, taking a little time to get there, but it's, it's there. And hopefully within the next two months, I'll have uh, them available for the public and got in a ton of new stores this year, mostly in Pennsylvania and a couple of New York and uh, things are going forward, but we cover a vast amount of products and for a vast amount of animals and, and, elder species you know from turkey calls to even you know like trout fishing and stuff like that yeah and it's interesting you know i found you on instagram um came across your page and then 
uh, you were taking quote unquote field staff applications and you and I got linked up and started talking and uh, you know, what really kind of drew me to your products. Not only was I intrigued by what you were putting out, um, but before I'd even tried them was you said, <laughs> as soon as we talked, you said, Hey, here is my personal phone number. Give me a call and let's chat. That's something that makes me different from other companies. Is you speak to me. I don't have a bunch of people that work for me. I make everything myself. I make all the decisions. I make all the products. So when there's someone to answer for it, it's me. There's no one else. I don't have other people that answer for it. So everyone that I speak to, I speak to personally. And that's just the way I've run the business from day one. I just find it a little bit more honorable. You're not just a number on a piece of paper like you are with other companies or bigger companies. You know, I try to be really personable and get to know the people that work with me and have conversations. And, you know, I meet Bobby at, at my son's football games to pick up products. So he, he knows, you know, it's, and, and I, and I try and make that, you know, something across the board, obviously there's people that live in a distance from me, so I can't see them. Like I could see like Bobby and stuff like that, but it's definitely more personable. And I think it attracts a lot of people because I'm just an average guy. I put on my pants the same as everybody else. I'm nobody special. You know, you started with the, the myth, the legend thing, and it kind of throws me off because I'm like, really, that's not what I am. I'm just an average guy. I got a, a great family. You know, I'm retired from the fire department. I've been blessed enough to own this company and do what I love and, you know, obviously benefit from that. Yeah, I think your your humility and, and your, you know, the way you decide to handle things, like I, I call you every every May, every June. I call you in September. I call you in, you know, December when season's running down. I'm like, Gerard, what do I need? What do I need? Talk to me. <laughs> and you're patient enough to kind of walk through it with me and be like, well, these are your options. And, you know, this is something you can, you should consider. And you're, you're never, you're never pushy and you're never trying to just, uh, you know, throw products on me that I don't need. And you kind of fit the puzzle pieces to each individual's, uh, I guess, scenario where they're hunting. You, you take a general, a general, like a, a real interest in, kind of my situation here in North Georgia um, and help adapt those products to that scenario. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, I've, I, I, t I do that with everyone. I make sure that I speak to everybody that wants to speak with me. Um, if there's mistakes made and, and, you know, if I send something wrong, I just say, Hey, keep it. I'll send you something else. I, I really, I, I love what I'm doing. I really do. And I try to make everybody happy, even though you can't always make everybody happy, but I do try. And I, I try to be as personable and acceptance of what people tell me and how I can improve on products or maybe how much they liked it and, you know, what they could do it further with my different products of mine. You know, I track a lot of people because it's, it's like I said, I, I talk to everyone. I, to everyone is important, not just one or because somebody has a big page or because maybe they're famous. Everybody's important for me. Gerard, I'm, I'm curious, was that something that you identified as, as being um, quote unquote lacking in the, in the industry? Um, were there other companies that you had dealt with in the past that you had um, maybe, you know, less than ideal um, experiences with, or was this something that, you know, you kind of set out to do? Um, what was the, what was the process of like, of how, how this got started in the first place? You hit it with all three. It was, it's all three. I set out to do it this way. That's for one, because that's really who I am. It's hard not to be who you are, especially in this industry. People will just find out who you are just from speaking to you. Um, and then you, if you look at it that way, um, there's, there's, there's a lot that's, uh, 
that's going on within the industry and a lot of people are looking to make money. There's corporate, corporate, it got a little too corporate for me. So that really bothers me about how we're all fighting for over a dollar, how the industry is very cutthroat throughout. Um, there's a lot of jealousies that go on and that's probably across the board with every business. Um, it, there's just a ton of reasons. And I've been around other companies. I know other owners. There's some really good ones. There's some really bad ones. And then there's some ones that, you know, you, you have a good relationship, but like a really friendly relationship. I have quite a few I talk to on a consistent basis and they pretty much do a lot of the same stuff I do, but I really set out to be personable. That's who I am. I do shows. I speak to everybody at the shows. It's 90% of the time. It's me at the show along with a lot of guys that work the shows with me, which is one of the reasons why I do also the shows so people can meet me, the guy who makes the products. I think that's really important. Um, I've done some in Jersey. I've done in Pennsylvania. I've done in New York state. And eventually once my kids get a little bit older and one gets into college, maybe the one finally gets, you know, he goes to high school this year, then I'll be able to maybe do a little bit further. I, I'd like to go to Iowa. I'd like to go to Tennessee, do the classics and things like that. And definitely maybe head out to Kentucky. And I know there's, there's a ton of stuff going on, you know, in all those States and quite a few more. Those are definitely my interest in the future to, to definitely start doing more out West stuff, but I will continue to do the Pennsylvanias and the New York's and New Jersey. Cause really that's my home. And that's what I know. Yeah, that's actually how me and you connected. I don't know if you remember this. Yes. Uh, it was at that Edison yes. show, which was the worst yeah. outdoor expo show I've ever gone to. And me and my brother were there and we're like, this is a bust. Let's get out of here. And then all of a sudden we smell kettle corn. We're like, oh, let's get some kettle corn and we'll get out of here. It was not kettle corn. It was you. It was your Winsent. And it drew me in like a fat boy <laughs> and a buck, man. And I love no, it. I, I do remember. And it was probably the... I don't want to say the worst show, like to make it out for bed. It just, it, it's the timing of the show. It's where they have the show. You know, there's a ton of things that they could do to make it better. And, and they really are, have been dropping the ball with that. I think this, the, the New Jersey show that's going to be coming, it's going to be in August from August 11th to the 14th. My son goes to college on August 10th. So I'm really trying to see if I could swing it and get somebody there on the 11th for me, because I'm not going to be able to be there. So it's, it's up and down, but yes, I do remember the show and I promoted it online and I had a super successful show there. I, I was more successful at that show than any other show that I was at ever was that four days in New Jersey, believe it or not. And I know, like you said, but I, like you said, it, it, it was, wasn't a great show, but for some reason I had a ton of people by me, a ton of people speaking to me. So it was a, a really good show for me. Yeah, that's because you're so personable, like you said, and your passion for your product in that show, just you stood out too great, man. That product was amazing. Your passion was amazing. And I, I, I'd left there with so much gear. It was awesome, man. I was really happy for that upcoming season. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it because, like I said, it, it goes a long way, especially that time of the year. Once the hunting season passes, you know, you try to keep promoting. And a lot of the deer hunters start to get off social media for a little while. They take their breaks and stuff like that. So this is another way for me to supplement and to get my name out there and for people to, you know, just to come out and meet me, even if they don't buy anything. Yeah. I for sure want to jump into your, your products. You've expanded your line a ton. I'm, I'm sure you're feeling <laughs> the, the pressures of, of, of your lines, you know, running a one man show, Gerard, I definitely want to get into your products and especially like what we should be doing this time of year. But 
kind of tell us a little bit about, take us on your, your journey, kind of you growing up in the outdoors and kind of what led you down this path, you know, even before being a firefighter, like how did you end up, you know, making deer sense in, in your house? I'm a really unique case more than most. I come from the biggest city in New Jersey. I grew up in the biggest city in New Jersey, in North New Jersey. And uh, not many people hunted and fished in North New Jersey. So I was lucky enough to grow up into a family that hunted and fished. They fished all up and down the Jersey Shore. My uncles all owned all boats and blue fished and fluke fished and whiting and mackerel fished, uh, you know, uh, striper fished, cod fished all up and down the Jersey Shore growing up. That was my lifestyle. And during hunting season, we were out in the woods with my grandfather, both my cousin Eddie and myself. We were his two grandsons. My father didn't hunt. His father didn't hunt. But our grandfather was determined to make hunters and fishermen. And he did exactly that because, you know, and you're going, I was born in 1970. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of restrictions back then. Uh, they were going out with gun or bow. It was kind of do your own thing at that point. And then as we grew up, you know, uh, licenses and everything became stricter and everything else. So obviously you follow the rules, but early on, it was kind of more like a free for all. I could just remember going out during bow season with the gun, with the, with, with, them guys just shooting a, a doe for the table it was all, all about eating it wasn't about who cared about the rack size they could have cared less my family they were more worried about putting food on the table and they loved venison we grew up eating it so i was unique because of where i grew up and you know it's safe uh, hunting saved me in a lot of ways where a lot of my friends were out doing things wrong and i was in the woods and then the next day you go home you know and you find out hey this one got in trouble or that one got in trouble this was a way to take a street kid out of the city and give him something else. And it became a lifelong passion for me. So my grandfather was Frank Martino and this whole thing is really dedicated to him and his teachings of it and, and the way we grew up around it and pheasant hunting and deer hunting, and turkey hunting, like I said, and all the fishing that we could, you know, we could possibly want. It was crabbing in New Jersey was awesome. Bobby lives down the shore. I'm sure he knows about crabbing down there. So, you know, it was uh, it was a different lifestyle that we got a chance to be exposed to other than the city life. I mean, that's incredible. I think that speaks to all of us here. Like, you know, my grandfather was my introduction to the outdoors as well. And I did not I didn't grow up in a hunting family other than my grandfather. Um, and that introduction happened later in life. And, you know, that that passion, uh, you know, is so incredibly important. And you know, frankly, from a point of view of Georgia or, you know, Perry growing up on his big farm in, in Virginia, um, I didn't always realize probably until I met, well, I guess started talking to you, Gerard and, and Bobby as well, but I wouldn't have pegged New Jersey as uh, a, you know, wildlife paradise that you just described. It is exactly that. And it really is. It's, it's a great place to hunt. The amount of deer that you could take is has always been fantastic for the last 20 years, I would say I'm going to be 52. So it's quite some time. You're able to take a ton of animals. Um, the pricing of the licenses has obviously skyrocketed. The Turkey prices are just, I think out of, you know, the realm of everything, but bear hunting is unbelievable in New Jersey, even though they stopped it. Now this would be the second year it stopped. It is an unbelievable, we have some, we have a huge bear population, just fantastic. And we were doing great with it. I make fantastic bear products. The 
guys were enjoying it every year, you know, and this governor that we have decided a year and a half ago to stop it. And now you're starting to have a lot of backlash because there's a lot of bear incidents that are going on across the board from South Jersey to North Jersey, all across the board, dogs dead, people bit, cars, you know, hitting them, et cetera. And it's become a nuisance. We went from three to almost 4,000 bears and it's only going to get higher. So I don't see them holding off on it for much longer, maybe another year, maybe two, but it's going to get to a point where it's going to get bad. So we have a vast amount of animals. Like I said, turkey, there's an explosion of coyotes in New Jersey. So if you want to, you know, go out and trap or, you know, coyote hunt, you got a great population to do that. Foxes are abundant. Um, Pheasants, not as much anymore. Too many predators. Uh, But like I said, it's here and people don't know it. It's, it's a really, it's a gem. It's a hidden secret, like almost in New Jersey. And I think that the last eight years that I've been on social media showing what New Jersey can do for, you know, can, uh, can obviously have here and, you know, deer hunting wise, what's here. I think people have been astonished by it because there's been so many massive bucks taken over the years with my products and just friends that have taken nice deer and stuff like that. I, I think I've promoted Jersey in a really good light that a lot of people should have a live. If they follow me, they'll get a different view of New Jersey or what they think New Jersey is. It's not all cities. I live, you know, in Hunterdon County, which is about 50 minutes to an hour from North where I grew up. And it's that goes from a huge city to a beautiful countryside. That's, that's awesome. I've, I've heard that, uh, that same perspective from others as well. And it was something, to, you know, to your point, Carter, I had no, really no idea of like you know growing up and when I was younger to hear to hear New Jersey it just wasn't something that I considered that uh you know you could have all these opportunities but I've heard it's um it's really kind of a sleeper state and to have to have all of those different options at your fingertips growing up as a as a city kid I mean you said you lived in the city it's not like you lived in the rural countryside necessarily but to be able to go go fishing and and go hunting and you know turkeys and 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 upland birds and and deer and now you know bear i hate i've i've recently heard about the uh the situation with bears there and i hate that i hope it's i hope it gets reversed soon because um i can only imagine the the human wildlife conflicts that that's creating but um it's cool that you can kind of shed some light on on new jersey through your products and and um and get the awareness out there yeah, and, and like you said, it's 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 a great state for hunters because of the amount of animals we could take, the the different animals that we could take. Um, a lot of people don't know about it, but it's hard to get property out here. Bobby, I'm sure, understands that it's it's hard to get hunting property, and when you get it, you got to hold on to it. That's that's something that's hasn't been easy over the years. I've been lucky enough to have private property pretty much my whole life. I've been lucky enough to have that, but a lot of guys don't have that. But we do have uh, enough public properties that can keep guys busy and, you know, keep guys away from one another. But, you know, but it does get pretty busy out there on the state properties, like like all state properties. But I live really close to like Pennsylvania. I'm only like maybe 15 minutes from PA. So I can always jump over the border and hunt Pennsylvania if I wanted to. I'm about an hour and change from New York. So if I wanted to go out over there, I can do that. I kind of live close to the border, you know, from to PA. So it allows me access to a couple of different states, which is definitely beneficial because if once I get a deer here, I like to jump to PA on a couple of friends' properties and try and take a buck there. It allows me to not only promote my products and what they do, but, prom- but promote myself as a hunter because I am a hunter. I'm a hunter first. 
I was a hunter before I owned the, the, the company. I was a hunter before I became a fireman. I was born and really bred into the whole hunting atmosphere. My whole family did it on, on one side. And like I said, it was just a huge part of my life and not having access to be able to maybe walk a mile and, and fish because of where I lived. It was all really based on when my grandfather took us. So I was lucky enough to have a motivated grandfather that was willing to get out there and take his grandsons out there and show us everything, building wooden tree stands, you know, those big condominiums you'd see in the tree. We built so many of them as kids. It was, you know, fantastic growing up in that lifestyle. And we were obviously I'm Italian. So food was like everything, you know, every trip we went on, you had a mass amount of food, like as we were at the dinner table. So it was always, you know, a, a great time. And just being around my uncles who were jokesters, they had all been in World War II. And, you know, you're sitting there, a young kid, and you're listening to World War II stories or Korean stories, or, you know, some of my, my cousins were in Vietnam and I was just a young kid. So you, you got a chance to be around vets and people of that era that I just considered to be still the greatest era. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you're hundred percent right. It is the greatest era. There's a, there's a, um, there's obviously a ton of value to be gleaned from those, those, uh, those relationships, those people that live through those things. I, I'm curious, Gerard, was it, um, was it always whitetail for you? I mean, you, you mentioned fishing, you mentioned all these, all these, uh, opportunities that were available to you in Jersey. Um, but it, it seems like from, from, uh, you know, kind of browsing your website and looking at the, the products <clears throat> that you have available, whitetail has, has been your passion. Has that always been the case? And is that what kind of led you to, to the, uh, to you the know, rat getter? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely whitetails. That has been my thing. And, and you all guys know when you find a knack for something, you just kind of continue it, especially when it's, you know, most of some, for some people, it's just a hobby for me. It's been a lifestyle. It's not just, you know, that I, I, I live for a couple of months before the season opens where I'm out there making my stands and checking my stands. I've been doing this since I'm a kid and I'm going to be 52. I'm doing this like 37 38 years and i'm hunting like 40 years this year so for me it's like i put everything into it and before i even thought about owning a company i i this was my lifestyle you know this was just something that every year we did it wasn't it was like clockwork you know so i i, I love it i really do but whitetail has definitely been a love and i was lucky enough about 18 years ago 19 years ago to go out to utah and uh take a couple of animals, a nice elk. And I was able to take a mule deer and being a consistent whitetail hunter and not being out West too much. I, I was out West, West in Idaho and I killed a nice whitetail out there in 96. And then in 2004, I was able to go out to Utah and I took a beautiful elk and I took a really nice uh, mule deer, but I took a beautiful elk. And if I lived out there, I probably would never hunt whitetails again. I would just be hunting elk every day. It would be like an addiction. I couldn't believe the size of the animal. I just fell in love with it. And coming from Jersey and even you guys in Georgia, we don't all have elk. And I'm telling you, it is something that if I was out there, I'd be a guide or something like that for elk. It would definitely be a passion. It was an unbelievable experience. I would recommend everybody, every hunter that hunts whitetails to get off your ass, save your money, and go elk hunting once. It's unbelievable. And I'm telling you, you've never had anything that tastes like that. That was an, that's an amazing taste of animal. Fantastic. The back straps were like the size of my leg long. 
Yeah, and you've never eaten anything like it. I remember going, killing it, taking it home. The meat got sent to us and bringing it to the firehouse. And you could just imagine the feast that we had. It was unbelievable. It really wasn't. I was able to, you know, eat elk for a year. And there, I, I really would like to go again. Uh, but once the kids started to come and the house game, I just haven't had the opportunity. And now the business just, you know, I just don't have the time to get out there. But I'm telling you to all the listeners and your, you guys and anyone else out there, that's something that you really want to do. As, as a whitetail hunter, you'll, you'll understand it. And it was a really unique situation. Hell yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking Perry and I's language right now. We're both, uh, everybody, we're, you know, everybody here right now, we're all East Coast boys, right? So oh, it's yeah. a totally different yeah. ball game when you go out there. And I've been fortunate enough to hunt in Wyoming a couple of times, killed, a, killed my first mule deer, killed my first antelope, and I'm 100% hooked. I mean, I'm going back to Montana this November to chase mule deer again. And Perry got to go on an elk hunt last year with his brother, and they were successful. And you know, we're, we're both just chirping and Bobby's I hate here. you guys in the numbers then. Yeah. 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 Oh, we're yeah. just Dude. We're getting Bobby out there next. We're already strategizing for next time, you know, like can't beat it, man. I'm I, telling you, there's nothing like it. There really isn't. No, it was, it was, you're, you're absolutely right. Gerard. It's as an, as an East coast boy, you know, I grew up hunting whitetail. That was always my bread and butter family farm kind of deal. It's just what we did. Um, I grilled up an elk steak tonight. Actually, I just, finished it up you know about an hour before we jumped on this podcast it was freaking amazing oh my gosh it's so good um and just we uh my, my brother drew a tag in idaho uh last year and i tagged along with him and uh that was the hunt we went on and it, you're, you're right it's just amazing i mean whitetail and the appalachian mountains every you know anyone that's listened to this knows that's my that's my uh that's my that's my passion that's my love but there's nothing like those uh those Rocky mountains and, and trying to chase those elk and, and those hills is, is just amazing. It's, I, I agree completely. Definitely something to, to save your money for. And, and even if it's just once get out there, it's, it's so much fun. Just to hear them bugle. was oh, it went through oh, me. Yeah. It was just like, and it was yep. like falling almost. It was like, wow, if I lived out here, I could see why people just hunt elk. I could see why, I mean, just one elk will change your view on, on everything and and you know if you have the access to it hey that's great you know but living out from the east coast and then going out there and killing an animal and then walking up to the elk and seeing a 700 pound animal you're just in awe of it you know it looks like a small toyota you're like what the hell is that it's really was was fantastic i mean like a large toyota <laughs> yeah and, and I'm, I'm you know it's 20 years ago you know that i that i was able to go you know so it's it's a long time that uh i've been out there but if I get a chance to go back, I'm running, I'm running. I really got to get back out there. And we had a really good guide and they're no longer in existence. Otherwise I would tell people where I, where I did go, but it wasn't, it was in Ogden, Utah. And I had never been to Utah and man, it was beautiful. Salt Lake city was the cleanest city I've ever seen in my life. I went to go to a store to, to buy a, a six pack and they didn't sell beer on Sunday. So I said, I figured, okay, well, can I, maybe I played a picket and I'd get lucky. Well, they don't have picket in, they don't have the picket or lotto in Utah. <laughs> so I learned a lot on the trip. What I did learn is they got really good lobster and really good seafood out there though. There you go. Yeah. Wyoming has done beer laws too. It's, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but Hey, you're welcome to come with us anytime you want, man. Anytime. Yeah, listen, I I'll definitely be getting your ear and talking to you further about that that is something that i really would love to do at least one more time and you know it's 
it, it was really something. It was special. It was a special trip. But on the flip side, you know, we, we talked about whitetails and we got onto elk. I'm a huge trout fisherman. I yeah. love catching trout. I, it's something that I don't know what it is. It just draws me to the river to, to fish. I just love to catch trout. I don't even eat them. I throw them all back. Yeah, I, I really do. I'll smoke one or two. I'll give them to a few friends here and there. I really don't keep that many. I mostly just throw them back, but I just have this knack for it. And I just love to do it. I just love to go out there and do it. So as I got into the whole thing and, you know, we talked about progression with my business and every year I tried to bring out two or maybe three things from the first year I was in business. Every year it's been, well, what's new this year? And, you know, then there was, I went from four products to, to 10 products, to 60 products, to a hundred products. And that's kind of where I'm at now. And, you know, it, where else could I go? And I, it's fishing. I, yeah. I like to fish, but I really like to trout fish. So this year I got into making trout spinners. Um, Jersey had some issues with uh, stocking and they mostly are stocking rainbows. So I, you know, I'm big trout fisherman. I learned what they really like and, and different things that they like. They like bronze spinners. They're, they're big on bronze. Yeah. You'll catch them on this and you'll catch them on that. But bronze is a great color. So I put that on my website. If you're from New Jersey, you should pick up bronze spinners because these trout, the rainbows especially, really like bronze over any other colors. And I've tried every other color, but these are these are by far the best ones. So I try to, you know, keep the business going and try to push what I do, you know, onto my product, into my products and onto the page. Um, I had a separate page for years, but I, I'm like, you know what? It's just too much to run all these different pages. I have other avenues that I'd like to get into. So having three Instagram pages is just not a good thing. I'd rather have one that represents everything and be able to go to you do outdoors or go wild outdoors and promote my products there rather than on the same platform and separate everything. So I'm starting to now just promote everything that I do on Rat Getter and not have a separate page for everything. So I got rid of the fishing page. I have a, a, a turkeys page, but for some reason, I got locked out of it. So I've been just working off my racketer page. So I don't know how that happened. So everything's crazy with social media, especially nowadays. Yeah, so, for sure. But other than that, like I said, I, I really like the trout fish and it's, it's, I have a knack for it and I live close to all the streams and rivers. So I really take advantage of it, especially this time of year. Getting locked out of your, uh, your account. You're, you're sounding a lot like Bobby right here with his TikTok account. He's always getting banned for posting pictures of his, you know, deer on the wall or his turkey mounts or whatever, you know, social media doesn't like that stuff, man. Oh, uh, well, Facebook is horrendous. I posted a video of one of my stores that was selling guns in the video and they banned me from Facebook for 30 days, not only on my business page, but on my personal page. So right now I'm banned from Facebook. I can't even access my Facebook account because I promoted a store that had a video running with bows and then it went to guns. And because I didn't have I don't sell guns and I guess I don't have permission to promote it on my page. They banned me from it. So Facebook is just ridiculous. I, if, if I didn't need to have it at this point, I would not even have it. It's just, I've had it for so long. I just don't want to do away with it because I do talk to a lot of people on Facebook during the season. They, I get a lot of messages on Facebook where they can find the product, you know, um, you know, conversation like this, what can I use and what's better now? And get, and I'm just doing the same thing I did with you. Hey, just give me a call. Cause I'd rather talk to people and explain it to them than type for 35 minutes on all that information. But yeah, that social media has been really tough on us lately. 
Is that I'm assuming, Gerard, that's where you do and have done the the bulk of your um, your marketing and your advertising for when I mean, when you launched Rat Getter, was it was it always via social media or what was the what was the primary um, outlet that you kind of used to get your products out there? It, it initially wasn't set out to be a business. It was set up for me, my cousin and my friend Joe to start filming. And then it turned into a business and they didn't really want to do mail order stuff. So I was kind of left holding the bag. And at that point, I changed the name from what it was before to Rat Getter Sense and Lures uh, from 2014 to 2015. And then I only had four products. And from that point, it just steamrolled. And my, my, my main one was Instagram. That's where the following kind of exploded. It did really well there. I found early on eight years ago that making videos goes a long way. That's how my page exploded. There wasn't any at that particular time. There wasn't you had to pay to promote your stuff. People would find it through hashtags and they use those hashtags quite a lot. And that's how I was able to build up my page to 37,000 people. Um, bigger companies don't have a 37,000 people following, but when that first, second, and third year, there wasn't, like I said, you didn't have to pay to promote. So I was able to make videos of the products that use me and the tree, you know, all kinds of different stuff. And that stuff was getting 75,000 views. And I was getting a thousand a day, 500 a day, 200 a day, pick up people because a lot of people were able to, to see it. And I was able to maintain and keep the following. But as years gone on, obviously they found a new way to make money and you can't get your name out like you used to before, especially on Instagram. Um, Facebook was always kind of, you had to pay, but Instagram wasn't like that. So I really key on mostly Instagram because that's where my bread and butter is and where I got my biggest following is, is from Instagram. And it's hard to build up a following of that size, even for bigger companies. So you could see that it's gotten hard. It's incredibly difficult. I mean, us over here at Hunt, Lift, Eat, we're getting throttled by the Instagram algorithm, algorithm every day. I feel like, you know, we just can't. It's, it's hard to bust through those ceilings. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad for you that you got on and figured it out early on, you know, all those years ago, because you're knocking on the door of 40,000 followers, man. And that's not insignificant. Like that is, that is amazing. Did you ever, did you ever think that would happen? Like, that's crazy, right? Well, I mean, look, it's just me. There's no one else. That that's I what have. I'm saying. Like people working for me. And it's he, just Gerard. It, it, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's just me. I mean, I'm impressed with, with it, it got there. I can't even imagine that it even did that. I, there's other companies that have been on Instagram a lot longer than I have. And I got them tripled or doubled, et cetera. And it's, it's shocking. It really is. But there's a way, there's a reason why that happened. There's a way that I, I treat people and there's a way that, you know, you, you represent the business. People see me shooting turkeys. People see me with bucks down. You know, I have pictures from when I'm a little kid with deer, with pheasants, with trout, with, all kinds of fish. I mean, you name it. So, you know, early on, I had done a lot of posting like that and I had really promoted myself along with the business and that definitely helped it, but it has an attractive name and it has a really good logo. And those things definitely help promote the business. When you look at a full line of my products on a shelf, it blends the colors, the way it looks, it's attractive to the eye. Um, though, and I'm, listen, I'm far from, I never went to college. I, I'm a fireman. I was in the Marine Corps. I was a fireman. So what do I know about selling product? You know, I, I never knew anything about that, but that's just me coming up with ideas. 
all the names for the products I came up with, a lot of them are, you know, you hear it, you, you're interested in it, you see it, it's attractive to the eye. All that kind of stuff definitely helps steamroll um, the business itself. And, you know, now I'm in going on probably 21 stores in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and in New York. And I'm probably going to reach out to a couple of guys in Maryland and see if I could get in there and, and kind of keep going. I also, what's helped me has when I first got on, I had a lot of guys that were really interested in, in making videos and interested in, in, you know, you there? Yeah. Uh, no, interested in, in helping me. And a lot of people did. And over the years, you know, the promotion of, of obviously other guys that are making videos and hunting videos and internet guys definitely, definitely helped. And now, you know, I built a relationship with, you know, uh, raised hunting out of Iowa, who's on the sportsman's channel, if I'm not correct, or the outdoor channel, one or the other. Um, and you know, now I have a relationship with a big time hunting TV show family. And what's unique about this is, you know, they're, they've been selling my product online and, and on their own website, you know, we worked out a deal there and, and I've built a really good relationship with them. So my main focus over the years has grown to, I don't want to be just a quarterly or a six month business. I want to be a business that can thrive from start to finish the whole year long where it keeps my name in everybody's mouth. If you want fishing stuff, I have it. If you want minerals, I have it. If you want bear stuff, it's there. If you want deer stuff, obviously. Um, the only thing that's really been eluding me has been the, the deer blocks. And finally, I'm going to break into that now. And that's that, I think, is the end of the pie. There's really no place else to go. I've built a relationship with Winsense. So I have vape machines that pump out my sense. I mean, I, there's really no else place to go. So I really, this year, I, I got into the spinners, which, you know, it's something that I love with the trout. But the the blocks themselves have been, that's where I needed to be. I need to be there. Um, and there'll be feed blocks. And then eventually I'll do a mineral block and maybe a salt lick block. So I'll be able to extend that further and in different flavors and scents, you know, just to make it even bigger. So once you get there, you can expand that part. And that's kind of where I'm at. And hopefully in time, as my kids get older, get into college, get out of college, Maybe they'll want to take the business over and, and maybe surpass what I did with it. That's really what, what my interest is. And if, if they don't, that's fine. I'll probably do it, you know, for quite a, a lot longer than I'm, if God gives me, you know, the time on the year, the earth, I'll probably do it until, you know, my last days. I, I don't know. I don't know where it's all ahead. And I just know, I just, just keep pumping and just keep working and just keep doing things and make my page interesting and make what I'm doing interesting. And that's what's definitely kept my business going and it's kept the following going. Yeah. As you were saying, like, as you st you're steamrolling and you're becoming so bigger, Gerard, I, some people aren't fortunate enough to walk into a store and see your bag sitting on the shelf. And you know, you're in that store by just walking in, you can smell the salted caramel or the sweet corn or anything like that. And it's the only product that stands out so much because you can smell it while it's still in its bag. It's still on the shelf and it is, amazing scent whereas you see other your competitors you know you that's just it just shows how much more you can stand out on top of them and as as you do inside those doors man yeah it's well, true i try your peanut butter feed enhancer every year i just you know just a little <laughs> bit on the finger every year just to, you know it smells so good you know just gotta i just can't help it you know yeah but, hey uh, listen 
it's 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 a really they're really good products. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, the feed itself, I I put so much time into that, so many different tests the tests that I went through to make sure that it would work in every state to make sure that deer would really like it. And when they like it, they're going to sit and eat it. But never I did I expect that I would put out bags and deer's head would go in the bag and eat it. And then I would have, I have videos of two does heads in the same bag, eating it. Big bucks can't get their head in it. We had to put out a bucket. Now they stick in this big rack in a bucket. I never seen anything like it. I didn't know it would turn into that. And I had some friends help me out that, you know, had a, a, a great area with a ton of bucks in them and we were putting out bags. I got a hundred videos of deer putting their heads in a bag and it's a really unique thing to see. And it's a great way to promote the product because they want it that much that you don't even have to pour it out. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's unique. And, and it's definitely been something that I was very glad that I did was the feed itself. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you, you have so much depth when it comes to whitetail and I want to talk about all of your products, you know, if provided we have, you know, enough time, but you know, we're getting to a really important time of the year where hunters who manage properties, um, or, you know, wherever you're hunting, fortunate enough, public or private need to start thinking about a couple things as we're entering into these kind of summer months. Right. Um, and so what's on my mind is, you know, I need to start taking inventory for what I'm working with. I manage three properties here in North Georgia and uh, I need to start figuring out what's what's going on here. So, you know, could you kind of walk us through what what would be a, uh, you know, a couple of your products and what would be a good play for uh, for folks right now as we're approaching well, you know, June? Uh, I make a variety of, of mineral products, rack mineral attractant, which is an attractant, but it's heavy mineral and it only has 30 percent salt. Um, if you guys go out to the stores and I see some other products out there, if you look at the ingredients, anything more than 40% salt, anything more than 40% is a salt lick. And there's companies out there that are promoting minerals that are 65% salt, 60% salt, 50% salt. Salt is a mineral, but it's more of an attractant than a mineral. So when you're buying my products, you're getting... 30% salt is the attractant and 70% of it is actual real mineral. So when people buy my product, they're not getting robbed with a bag of salt. It, anything more than I think 40% is a salt lick. I make a salt lick. I make my igniters are salt licks. They smell fantastic. Deer absolutely love them. And I make them in a ton of variety of flavors. And if I don't have the flavor, call me on the phone and I'll make sure I get you the flavor. Um, that's what a lot of companies can't offer either is I'm able to, you know, be really versatile when it comes to scents. Like you may have persimmon, you know, that's something big by you. So I'm able to switch around and, you know, do all different kinds of things that maybe you can't get from the bigger company or at your local Walmarts or tractor and supplies. Um, but rack mineral attractant, it's, it's a fantastic product. It's only 30% salt. It comes in a variety of flavors. I also make a protein mineral that, yeah, it's an added, it's an additive protein that definitely helps them grow. It's good for, for lactating does. It's good for fawns. It's good for bucks. It, and it all, all around, it's just really good for their body having that protein in there. It's about 15% protein in that. Um, but those specific three products, the igniter, which is the salt lick, the rack mineral, um, attractant, and then the protein mineral, that's where everybody should be right now. That's where you need to be. Um, you can feed them. You can use some supplemental feed, but there's so much forage out there now. Everything is in abundance and it's growing and they don't need as much corn or anything like that at this time of the year. 
um, they really need mineral, especially if you're, you know, depending on what kind of areas you have. Some deer aren't big on mineral, depending on where they are, but most are. And I'm, I, I've really took a lot of time what products I was going to use to put them together, how I was going to do it. It, it took me about a two years to really figure out the route that I wanted to go. And once I got it, I, I knew I, I hit it because I had them killing it in the snow. I had them killing it in the summer and just all year long, they were hitting the mineral. Um, I take it away, obviously, once we get to about August 16th, anyone that's putting out mineral beyond August, they're just wasting their money. I would tell you at that point to go with feed. That's your best bet. The deer doesn't need mineral once they're fully grown horns and all that. I've done testing of dates where August 16th, I kind of give a cutoff. I stopped putting out any mineral, any salt licks as of August 16th. That's when I noticed that it goes from a way up here and dips down to way low to the amount of times you have visited on those particular sites. Now that's in Jersey. I would say also in Pennsylvania and New York, it's kind of the same. Um, it may be different in Georgia. That may be different, but I always give the information that I have and I let people know this is a cutoff date for minerals, August 16th. At that point, they're hardened inside, the velvet's getting ready to come off or starting to, and they're not growing anymore. Not that, they're, they're done. So they don't need it as much. Their body doesn't tell them to eat mineral. Their body tells them to put on fat come mid to late August, and they start looking for acorns and other things. And that's kind of that cycle. And that's where you'd want to switch over to obviously feed if you have a state that you can feed. So once, once it does hit that time of year where we're starting to get into the fall months and we're starting to really um, think about that preparation for, you know, those, those opening archery dates, whether it be in the South or, or up in your neck of the woods, what is, uh, what, uh, what, what products do you have available um, for folks as they transition from those summer months into, um, into the, the hunting months? My bring them in whitetail lure. It's a really good product. It's made with inner digital gland. So when a deer smells the inner digital gland, they tend to follow it. So leaving a scent trail from point A to B from about 80 to 90 yards from your tree stand, you come up on the upwind side, you boot pads, a drag rag, then you can get it out there in areas want to get your shot. It's a real light scent. Deer really are curious about it. It has inner digital in it. It's very natural. Um, every step a deer takes, they leave inner digital. You put this out. Every step you take, you leave interdigital when a deer picks, picks up on it, they're going to follow it. Sometimes you'll get foxes to follow it too. Um, they're really interested in it. But deer tend to really follow the bring them in. The interdigital gland is what, what does that. Um, it's a real curiosity. Lord, there's nothing in it that scares them. Um, you may even see them, if you spray it on leaves or something, you may see them eat the leaf. That's how unique it is. It, it's a really good product for early season. And some scrapes. Scrapes are always good to use. Maybe not heavy where you need to really spray everything and make a big one like as if you're starting a breeding scrape, but just a nice light scrape and putting some pre-orbital the, on the licking branches is definitely one of the biggest things. My pre-orbital is a fantastic product. They go absolutely crazy for it. I have so many videos that not only guys sent me, but my own stuff that I could go on and on and on, show how people, how it works. It works fantastic. You don't even have to have the bottom part of the scrape for them to react to this. And it's a product that you can use all year long. You can use it from 
you know, the start of your season, right through the spring into the summer, right back into your deer season again. It'll work all the time. It's very, very natural. It's really you, uh, unique because they use it so much. And it's something that they communicate with. It's like, in, it's like a newspaper or everyday feed on a social media site that you read. It's the same thing for them. It's a community. It's a way they communicate and they commute with other animals that way. And it's something that you can use all year long as the preorbital. So preorbital mock scrapes, the bring them in lore as the early season comes in. Uh, I see guys that, you know, tend to do it maybe in August. I don't like to give away my positions that early. Uh, some, some States open late August, they have velvet hunts. So great for them. We don't have that luck. We, you know, we start about September 10th around there and, most of them are out of velvet at that particular point, at least in my particular areas that I hunt. Um, there are those few cases, but you have those earlier guys that, that, you know, the Kentuckys that open up super early and they get those great velvet hunts. And a lot of them, I see a lot of guys online that are from Kentucky and they do a lot with at that particular time with mock scrapes. I don't recommend it. I, I would say, Hey, maybe mid September, at least in New Jersey and, you know, our Eastern States up here, unless you see a lot of mock scrape action early on or out or just scrape action early on. So those particular three products is something that I recommend to guys all the time. It's the bring them in lore. Um, New Jersey now has switched over from urine based lures, which was a task for me and now is a synthetic state. So I don't agree with it. I could go on and on about why I don't agree with it. That would take all day because I would get heated just because I, I don't agree with it. Obviously it hurt my business to an extent which is another reason why I expanded my business into Pennsylvania and into New York, because I want to sell urine-based lures on the East Coast where I should be able to. Um, so I made a calming lure for New Jersey guys, where it's a calming scent. Deer comes in, the wind ain't right, the wind's shifty. They pick up on it. It just calms them down. It, it's just something that makes them relax a little bit more. Maybe uh, you're hunting a high-pressure area where maybe you have a lot of guys hunting on state property. This is a great way to help relax the animals when they come in so that that's how i combated it here in new jersey um it's hard you, you really can't you can't use interdigital glands themselves um in new jersey now because it's a gland they don't want it for whatever reasons that i could get into i don't really want to go nuts about the politics of it all um but i i had to make something that really worked that guys really were into and other companies I never made a calming scent. A lot of other companies had had done that, but I got tipped off knowing people, you get to know people in the vision of fishing game. And a year ago, I basically got warned. We're going this route. It's going to happen. Make sure you're ready. So I had a year to test and really make the, the transition from urine based over to synthetic. And it took me a little time, but I got it right. This year, I'm going to make a different mock scrape. I liked it, but it didn't work for everyone. So I, I, I realized there's some different things I could do to make it even more potent this year. And uh, I, I've already worked with it and got it to where I want it. So that, that'll, that's probably something that'll be uh, a lot better of a product than it was last year is my mock scrape stuff in synthetic form. That's, so, that's good to know. Cause that's my favorite product of yours. I was about to say your, your climax mock scrape spray has been my bread and butter for the last three years that I've been using it. I've killed three really nice eight pointers because of it. Um, and I use it to inventory big bucks on all the properties that I manage as well. 
um, it works unlike anything else. It just gets them curious. And, you know, that with the preorbital on the, on the leaves or the branches, the licking branches, I guess, above, above that scrape is that's a deadly combo to figure out who's in the neighborhood. A lot of guys call me up and they're like, Oh, I want to make a mock scrape. And, and I'm like, Hey, that's great. But you really should buy the other, you know, the preorbital. Well, some guys don't understand, you know, you, if you make the stuff, if you put down a mock scrape, that's 50% of the story. You're only commuting them, communicating with them 50%. The other 50% is what's on the licking branches. Yep. The whole yep. mock scrape is having the whole setup, not just what's on the bottom. So a lot of guys, maybe they don't have success with mock scrapes. That may be part of the reason. They may be more interested in the preorbital end of it all with the forehead glands and the saliva glands that I add into it and all that rather than what's on the ground just. It's not all the whole story isn't just told on the ground, it's told in the licking branches and probably even more so with the licking branches than the ground. Yeah. And it's probably, you know, lack of information from most hunters perspective. Like I feel like most dudes in the woods are not as good of woodsmen as I think they are and don't know how many glands that a deer has and uses to communicate. It's not just (laughs) on their heads and in their tarsal glands. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) right. Right. And as seasons change, the communication changes. Yeah. You know, so, and it doesn't, you know, and, and in some instances it basically changes overnight. It basically changes overnight. You know, they'll go from wanting one thing to doing something else. And, and I, I'll be honest. So everybody knows that there, I, I, I use and have used in my own state, obviously all my products. I I'm a big buck lore guy. I like to use buck lore, uh, even over the hot stuff. As we get later on into the rut, I'll use more hot, hot lore. Um, but, most of my hunting, especially in October into maybe the first week of November is done on buckler. Like the I rut, use, your ruts up, ruts up, right. Yeah. My ruts up. That's really what my, my go-to is. I kill most of my bucks using that. That's really what I do. I put it in mock scrapes. I'll put it out. I'll use it now in the wind scent where I can just have it out there in the wind consistently. And because the wind scents have a remote control, I'm able to control it. If I wanted to go, if I see a buck, you know, a hundred yards away and the wind's going that way, I can hit the button and just get set going down there right away. So I, I really utilize now everything with that. I, I use it a lot in pastes where I'll make rub lines with it. Or if I see a pre-existing rub line that just popped up, I'll rub it all over that. And if that buck or another buck comes in that area and smells that he's going to go ballistic. And then they tend to destroy everything in the area, which is just fun to come in and see that. And I, most of my hunting is done and I kill most of my bucks over buffalo. Yeah, I've got a, unfortunately, I have a, uh, a story that I think I told Perry when we were uh, turkey hunting a couple of weeks ago in Virginia. I've also tasted your ruts up lure on accident. 110. Did I tell you this story, Perry? Uh, yeah, I think you yeah. did. I think, it's, <laughs> so, I think it's worth retelling. Yeah, so it was Gerard's <laughs> product. It was this ruts up lure, which I use during the rut every year. It's fantastic. It's, it's potent. And uh, it leaked in my bag. I didn't screw it on. Uh, I didn't screw the lid on tight enough and it leaked and I got it all over my hands and I went to I went and put a nice little lipper in and uh had some ruts up in my mouth for about seven days taste just couldn't quite go away it's you know I gotta say it doesn't taste as good as your feed enhancer Gerard but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you when we get <laughs> off the foot when we get off of the podcast i'm gonna call you and tell you what's in it and then maybe you want to go brush your teeth again <laughs> it was it was about it was many years ago so you know sometimes i get ptsd no, maybe flashbacks. you want to go back and brush your back <laughs> yeah maybe you shouldn't because tell me <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's unique I'll, 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 
Sorry. Oh, boy. That makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, and trust me, it's it it happens to me frequently because I'm always touching it. So it's yeah, you know, it's 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 hard, but I I I put a lot into that stuff and and I really 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 recommend that to guys is the is the ruts up and, and there is a timing where you know they're they'll be more interested in the hot stuff rather than the buckler and i like to use them in a combination you know using both together just you know especially around thickets where you know you the wind's blowing one way and buck will come down win and smell that buck in the dough and he wants to come in and challenge that buck for that dough that's that's another way that that i really like to use it in combination as we get it later into the rut or even late you know, November into December, maybe when we're gun hunting, uh, you know, Bobby, like around December 6th, that time, even into the, the early months of January, where uh, early weeks of January, where I, I really do, I really like to hunt that first week of January um, as hard as I can right into the second week. I've killed a lot of nice bucks around January 7th. Yeah, that's interesting. That's what, that's when our season ends too. So it's, you know, interesting perspective that y'all are hunting them that late and I'm yeah, sure it's and cold and as hell it, up there too. It, it is. It's cold at that time of the year, and I like to do a lot of afternoon hunting. You know, nine o'clock to two o'clock at those particular times, you get a lot of buck, a lot of buck movement. And a couple of my properties are close to state properties, where a lot of those guys by that time have, you know, Left. chased everything out of there, and they're yeah. looking for quiet areas to lay down. So, the the more I keep those specific areas quiet, the more success I have later on in the season in those particular areas that are next to state properties yeah bobby as a fellow resident of new jersey what uh what kind of products of drawers are you are you running i know you're a you're also a a loyal customer as well yeah so i i love all i mean it's so hard to pick but my favorite one is anything in the wind scent i use the ruts up in the wind scent uh, all the time that wind scent machine is just phenomenal and the fact that you got into that thing blows my mind because that vapor can travel so much further than an actual mist. And you can actually see on cold days, that vapor going away. And before we were talking about the wind scent, I was telling Carter and Perry, my, the, the only downfall to the wind scent is me, how I always forget to put it out there when I'm in my tree stand. So you, every time I'm in that morning, you see the green light on the wind scent. It's like a laser. Cause I just launch it like an absolute football and let it land on my tripod. And I'm just like, all right. And then when this, and I'm like, Oh good. It still works with that remote control. That is the greatest thing that I just love using that wind scent all the time on there. It's, it's a really good product. And uh, you know, the owner Dave who owns the company has been fantastic with me, his staff, Joe and, and the crew has been fantastic with me. Um, something's broken. Don't worry about it. We'll send you a new one. I mean, just that quick, not even drop of a hat, just send it right to me. Um, if something's broken from a, you know, a, a, a customer, I just send them a brand new one. I tell them what happened and they just send me one. There's never a problem. These guys have been fantastic going on three years with them. This, this season will be three years. And, and really they've been an absolute fantastic company to deal with. And they're obviously a huge, huge company, way bigger than me. And they treat me fantastic respect anything i need they're worried about me even as small as i am they're still worried about me and, I, and that's something that you appreciate especially when it comes from these bigger companies because that's not always the way it is yeah that's true and like i said i launched that thing so uh it's pretty sturdy for me so <laughs> i well, haven't listen, had an I'll, issue in these years yeah listen i've so. used I, i'm i'm hunting literally 40 years i have used every gadget on the planet <laughs> and and i'm from Things that just wouldn't make sense even to buy 
I, we tried as kids, we bought and tried everything. And the way it's made, the way it's machined, it, it's, it's a really fantastic product. It's pricey. I agree. Uh, you know, if, if you're not, it's not in your budget, it's not in your budget, but it is a really good product and it does have a really good use and it's no must, no fuss. You don't get any ruts up on your hands <laughs> and end up yeah. tasting it, you know, so or in your mouth, like <laughs> yeah, or in your mouth. So that's definitely, you know, <laughs> one of the good things about it. And I like the remote control thing about it. The only thing I was getting ready to start was I was going to start making a glazed donut and Oreo cookie for bears for it. And then this guy killed me with the bear hunt. So that was another out that I was going to start getting into it with bears. And I had to halt that because it's like, you know, where, where else can I go with it? I, I have, you know, the hot lure, the buck lure, I have apple, which is really popular. And I have the sweet corn, which is really popular. I don't really need to extend in, into any really other areas unless somebody really needed something different, but I really wanted to do with the bear stuff and, and, you know, not have a New Jersey to be able to sell that product. I, I just didn't, I didn't follow through with that end of it because um, for obvious reasons, we don't have a bear hunt. Yeah. And I got to say when, when we switched over here in New Jersey to synthetic, you didn't even miss a beat, man. You, you messaged me the day that that it was like a week before it's like, Hey, they're going to pass this. Just give you a heads up. I, I'm ready. I got my stuff. Just want to let you know, you're no, don't worry about the season. You know, I, I got you like it. That was like such a cool thing just to know that you had my back in the season. Like you were prepped, ready to go. And it didn't mess up my season one bit because you already had the synthetic ready to roll. And I, I think everybody in New Jersey really appreciated that because you were one that's on top of your game. Like you said, you yeah. had a, a little bit well, of notice. I, you know, you, you, you meet people and then you're kind of surprised when people want to help you and you never turn down help. You know, you, my doors already want to help me. I really appreciate it. Someone gave me a call and said, listen, this is the route we're going and it's going to happen. So I would recommend that you figure out what you're going to do. And you know, that, information was priceless because I used my time wisely and I got it done. And it, it took me a while. Like I said, I, 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 I did really well with the mock scrape stuff, but I was definitely able to improve it this past season and realize there were some other things that I could do to make it even more attractive to whitetails. And I really had to do that because it, my home state is now a, a synthetic state. You have to, you know, appeal to your home state. So I've made that everything else is still the way it was. I, the hot scent, that my, my hot, hot to Lord, hot to trot. I loved it this year. I, I used that too. Um, Buck lure, it didn't drop a beat. Everything I think went really, really well with all of them, but my mock scrape, I think I needed to improve and I did that. So this season coming should definitely, it should definitely improve. Not, another thing is I don't think people realize like it's not just uh, attractants. Like I use your stuff as cover scents and smelling like salted caramel in the woods is amazing to me. Uh, sweet <laughs> corn or even the dirt deodorizer. Those cover scents work phenomenal uh, setting up and getting into the woods and just walking in. And even your your roll on now for the calm, like you said, putting on my boot, walking in with that on my boot is, a, I don't know. You're, you're always just expanding and making my hunts a lot better right. with, uh, with your products. I, I did. I, listen, the, the, uh, the roll-ons are, were unique. I went online and I was talking to women who made deodorants, who really basically gave me all the information that I needed to make this, to make the roll-ons. And then I just had to incorporate my sense into it and figure out how to do that, which was really easy enough. But I went on YouTube and I spoke to the women who made deodorant, natural deodorant. 
And these women didn't give douche. They were more than welcome to talk and give me all the information I needed. And I didn't have to step out of anywhere else. They gave me everything I needed. I had to incorporate my sense and it was easy enough. And I did that. And that's really how they, that happened. Um, I, I couldn't imagine that that's how it happened, but that's how it happened. I, I basically just went on YouTube and spoke to women who made deodorants. So now I, a lot of people are like, well, why don't you make like a roll on dirt? I'm like, I can't because the FDA gets involved and I don't want them coming to my house and checking everything out. And you have to have, you know, all these licenses and everything has to be stainless steel and to perfection. And I just don't need to, to get involved with all that. That's one of the reasons why I haven't gotten into shampoos or, or, you know, clothing scents and, you know, clean, you know, shampoos, all everything, dirt deodorizers and clothes wash, all that kind of stuff. I just didn't get into it because it's just involved too much of the government. I don't want the government any or the state anywhere near me. You know, I don't want them anywhere near me. You know, just they, they've already created enough problems with the bear hunt and, and the synthetic whole thing. So I just rather keep them away because a lot of people ask, they're like, oh, you're going to do. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do shampoos, not going to do clothing stuff. I don't, I don't want it. It just I don't have that drive to do that particular stuff. I'm just into attracting and, and all that kind of stuff. And the roll ons definitely are are a good way to, to do it. But I, I did find out that a lot of the guys didn't want the roll ons in. um and like attractants, they more wanted in the hot to trot and in the buck lures. So I'm going to put more emphasis on, on making those this year, more of those getting more of the hot to trot and, and the buck lure into the stores. It seems like guys want that a lot more. I went on, uh, I went out hunting. I, I took my roll on with me. I wrote, rolled it on both my boots. I took a picture of it. I posted online. I went in the tree and I killed an eight pointer. And then I posted the eight pointer. And by the time I got home, I had 30 orders for roll-ons of hot to trot. And I was like, I'll be here all night. And I, I literally was like up till four in the morning making roll-ons for hot to trot because I, I killed the buck using it. And people see me putting it on my boot. So it was, you know, again, hunting season, me being a hunter, promoting the product, created sales. And I got a lot of feedback from it. Guys really liked it. They really liked it. So it's going to be something more that I, that I promote this year. And, but I'm going to get into it a little bit more with promoting and getting in the stores is the buck lure and the hot to trot rather than so much of the sweet corn or the apple and stuff like that. A hundred percent, man. And, you know, your, your diversity and your depth of products is, you know, so impressive. And I love, you know, it's, you know, maybe it, it may be a pain in the ass for you with the laws from, you know, New Jersey leaving urine based, but, you know, you've adapted and you've moved into pastes and polymers and synthetic. And, you know, I think that's, you know, really admirable from a, a business point of view. And, you know, we're, we're excited to be, you know, we're not blowing smoke. Like Bobby and I have loved and used your products and been successful with your products for years and years, and we'll continue to do so. And we hope our listeners do as well. And, you know, this isn't, this isn't a paid subscription or anything like no, that. No. Gerard's just a good dude who, you know, shoot him a message and he will get you squared away with whatever you want to have. Like I'm excited for Perry to start using your products on him and Luke and Evan's farm up in Virginia and, you know, hopefully have some success from that point of view. And we're just happy to spread the message, man. And I, I got a, a friend of mine that's been working with me probably the last four or five years um, he lives in Virginia. He bought a house in Virginia and he's been using my synthetic hot to trot in Virginia and killed a couple of beautiful bucks on video that I have there. It's actually on my page. You'd have to scroll down. His name is Chris Silk. 
he's got a really great page too. He's got a son hunting now and, and things like that. And, and this, he's been a really great supporter of me. Um, and he's another guy who I was at uh, a tournament in Maryland or Delaware, and he drove from Virginia to Delaware to pick up product and meet me. So, you know, I use all these, my sons, all their sports and everything else that they do to meet people and pick up product and, you know, going from state to state with just them, I, I'm able to talk to people and get my name out there. I hand out cards all the time and people see, like go to a lot of Delaware and Maryland shows and a lot of people see me with deer hunting. They're like, oh, do you hunt? And before you know it, <laughs> I'm handing them a card. So it's, you know, that's, it, it's definitely a good way to, to get your name out there, but that's what I've been doing. And, and I, I, I appreciate you guys uh, getting me on here. I, I love the conversation. I could talk all night about everything. And, but just to the viewers, I'm just an average guy. I love doing this. It, it, it's fun. I, I enjoy speaking to people. I enjoy talking to people. I love hearing the stories. I got guys that send me hundreds of pictures all year long. All year long, I get pictures of deer, footprints, you name it, tails, buckhorns, everything that you can imagine. And you know what? It's all important, and, and I really enjoy it. And I appreciate guys just uh, being interested in my products and giving me a shot because there's thousands of products out there. And I, and I really, you know, appreciate people following me. And I try to follow as many back as possible that kind of just stick to the hunting form of things. And, and it's, it's, it's a, it's just a great business. And, and I, I love being around hunters and every store I go in, the conversations just ensue. And then if they find that I own the company, forget about it. It's just, I could be there all day with people. So it, it's fun. And I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I really thank you guys. Oh man, absolutely. I'm glad we could finally make it happen. And, you know, we're rolling up on an hour here and we haven't even dove into your Turkey or we didn't really get into your bear. And I want to talk more about your fish products. So maybe we could schedule a part two and kind of unpack the rest of your, a hundred percent. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Rest of your business, man. But, you know, I think we'll, we'll close it here and this is a, a good place to uh, cut it off and have a part two down the road. But, uh, you know, we'll just go around the horn here. And Bobby, you got any uh, closing thoughts for us? Uh, I mean, I, like you said before, you know, Gerard's like a, a normal guy, but I mean, his passion speaks to everything about his products. And the fact that you can go to a show, talk to him himself, and he gives you his cell phone number and you during mid season, you're like, Hey man, I got a question. He's right on it. And asking you answering a question. So I, I don't know many other companies where that's, you get that kind of customer service buying a product and, I, I don't think you're just buying a product. I think you're buying Gerard too, man. He's, he's, he comes with it. <laughs> I'm the instruction sheet. <laughs> yeah, 100%, man. I love that. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Perry, what do you think, man? Yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo what Bobby said. It, it's obvious the passion that you have in your, in your voice when you're talking about this stuff, Gerard. And I think that really um, is obviously – evident in the products that you're producing. I, I'm, uh, I feel, I feel bad that I haven't, I haven't been able to personally utilize them yet, but I'll tell you what, it's going to happen like now. Um, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get some stuff out there on our, on our family farm in Virginia, like, like quarter alluded to. And I'm excited to, to see what, um, what kind of results that will yield because um, it sounds like there's some amazing options, whether, whether you're in New Jersey or whether you're in Virginia, you know, what, whatever time of year you happen to be in, whether we're now in the, you know, the summer months, we're in, we'll get to that inventory um, kind of stage or where we're talking about actually in season um, and using some of these products to, to help seal the deal. Um, it sounds like there's an option for everybody out there. And I'm just uh, extremely grateful for, for your, uh, for your time, Gerard, and for your, um, 
for your willingness to come on and speak about your products. It's, it's awesome. And um, yeah, we just can't thank you enough. Well, Perry, it was great meeting you and talking to you. And next time I'll definitely have the video part of this thing set up so we can actually physically see and talk about every, you know, talk about everything face to face more, which would be part two. Um, but I, I appreciate it. And like I said, any information that you need, again, just they can give you my number. You give me a call anytime. We'll have a great chat about whatever it is that you want to talk about or whatever products you think could, could benefit you. Um, other than that, you know, you guys have been fantastic and I really appreciate doing these things. It's a good way for me to, to have conversations with other hunters and, and to get my name out there. And, you know, you guys allowing me to do this and, and wanting me to do this with you guys. I appreciate it because not everybody is, you know, wants to do them. And I don't realize I'm always that interesting or the business is that interesting. You made me feel like, Hey, you really want to know about how this started and how things went on. And that's really appreciative because there is a story to it, obviously with, with the way I grew up and, and everything else. And you guys hit everything, you know, you, you hit everything. Absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're thankful for the opportunity to have this relationship with you and, you know, hope listeners, everybody goes check out George page. He's going to shout out here in a second. And, you know, we're uh, looking forward to summer inventory and everybody's thinking about deer season in the fall already. If, you know, if you're anything like me and I know all of you are, all of our listeners, you know, share the same passion that you do, Gerard. Um, and so, you know, everybody's going to be very thankful to hear this one. But uh, where can people go and find you on uh, Instagram? You could punch up Racket or Sense and you could find me on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Go Wild. You can find this on uh, Facebook. I respond quickly on any one of them. I check them pretty frequently. And the uh, rackgettersense.net is my website. Everything is on there. If you can't find it or there's something unique that you want, there's a number on there. That's my personal phone number. Give me a call. We'll chat and I'll get you what you need. 100%. And we'll link everything in the uh, show notes of this podcast episode. And once again, we appreciate you, Gerard. And listeners, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. And, uh, you know, give uh, Hunt Lift Eat Official a follow on Instagram. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Appreciate everything. Have a great night. Sure.